in our second episode of season two, and we're talking about walking in our new season. So, Pastor Dez McClendon is talking about winning in our new season. Amen. He, like, we're not just going to be winning at church. We're not just winning in our homes, but we're also winning on our jobs. Come on. We're winning in this season. We're winning in our new season. So here's the thing I want to let you know. If you don't take anything else from this episode, we are winning in our new season. Amen. So we're going to get right here into the message. I'm going to win. you going to win. Everybody around me with it. Yeah. Everything around me with it. Yeah. I know Genesis chapter 39, part two of winning season. When you got, got it, shout, I got it. I got it. If you don't, it's right there on the screen. Here it is. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. He ended up managing the whole operation. Okay, I thought I was at Rock City. I'm, I'm going to read that again because somebody missed it. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. See, you're not shouting because you don't even realize he in jail himself. We're going to get to it in a minute. Here it is. He ended up managing some of the operation. Verse 23 is where I had, sh uh, had a praise break all day at my house. Here it is, everybody. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign. Never even checked on him because God was with him. Whatever he did, watch this somebody, God made sure it worked out for the best. He made sure it worked out for the best. If you don't mind, I want you to high five everybody on your row, everybody online, and tell them today's title, we winning at work. Winning at work, you can be seated in the Lord's house. Winning at work. If this is winning season, we're not just winning at church. We're not just winning at home. Somebody ought to receive this. This is my season to start winning at work. And most people are losing at work because they got hired then expected heaven, but started going through hell. What do I mean heaven? Once you got hired, many of us, if you're anything like me, when I got my first job, I expected to be working at a perfect place with perfect people, with a perfect leader, only to be there after 20 days and realize, watch this everybody, that what I had prayed for became what I was experiencing my most pain from. What do you do when you had the faith to get a job and now you're constantly frustrated with the job? Because the enemy knows that if he cannot defeat us, he will then attempt to distract us. And when he begins to distract us at our work, watch this, we cannot develop from our work. Yeah. 
I will say that again if somebody missed it. Because he'll use drama on the job to distract you from your development. And catch this, somebody, I want, to, want you to check this out. That winning season in the workplace is not just about where you work, but how you work. Okay, they didn't get it on this side, so I'm going to say it again to this side. Winning season at work is not just about where you work, but how you work. Paul puts it like this in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for your boss, your manager, your coworker. Yourself, your mama. I was just seeing if y'all were up. Working for who? Not human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. In other words, watch this somebody. Some of you will stop being frustrated at work once you fire your boss. Because Paul is telling us in Colossians 3, watch this everybody, that most of us may be emotionally frustrated and mentally uh, damaged and struggling at work because we're expecting something from someone who cannot give us what we're expecting. He's saying when you get to work, work as if you're working for God, not for them. Y'all not having church with me. Y'all have anybody in the room today that can make up in your mind that your boss isn't the only person that can do some firing. I'm trying to get you to get your peace back because some, watch this, places of employment has tricked you into thinking that your paycheck was going to give you more peace. But in this season of my life, I'm saying that my peace is more important than a paycheck. So, so, so check this out because Paul is revealing to us that we will always be frustrated when we only focus on our job being a career and not seeing it as a calling. You, you didn't know you were just, when you got the job, they weren't just hiring you, but part of that was also God calling you. Because what if I told you that your job is your mission field? And some of us are complaining about what we were called to fix. Because purpose is always an answer to a problem. Do I need to say that again? Purpose is always an answer to a problem. And oftentimes we are working on the same job, not experiencing promotion or pay increase because we're complaining about problems that God sent us to solve. You will only be compensated and trusted with the amount of problems that you can handle. I'm working in here. So, so check this out, everybody. I want you to hear this. So since we're talking about career and calling, let's define it. What is a calling? A calling is when God invites you to align your life with why he created it. A calling is when God invites you to align your life with why he created it. 
Your career is what you get paid for. Your calling is what you were made for. Your career is how you make a living, but your calling is how you make a life. And some people are not living because they only have a career and have not said yes to their calling. Some of the people who are aggravating you the most on your job might be called to you. Y'all, y'all. We got to work in here because, because I said all that to say this and I hope you catch it. If your job is not working for you, it may be working on you. Do I need to say that again? If your job, I'm going to look you in the face, in the camera. If your job is not working for you, it may be working on you. Because some of us were getting on a new job or working in a certain place, expecting certain things from it. When God says, no, I need to develop certain things in you. And so some of that frustration you complaining about, just stop complaining about them and start looking and working on If it's not working for you, it might be working on you. You thought you went there for professional development, and God said, I sent you there for personal development. It's working on you. You're tired because they're gossiping about you when God has said, I need you to learn how to stand in crazy environments because you can't be, watch this, called to revival if you're afraid of dead places. Y'all not hearing me in here today. Do I have anybody in the room today that can make up in your mind that I, want, I may not have the perfect job, but God opened my eyes to see how this job is working on me. I deserve more than this. Do you really? Because for every blessing, there's a backside. If you can't handle the pressure on this level, how can you handle the promotion on the next level? So watch this, everybody. I want to go to work here because some of you are saying, how are you preaching about work and jobs and all of this? Is that really uh, in the Bible? Yes, it is. What if I told you that, watch this, when you study scripture, one of the first things you notice is God being very intentional about aligning our career and our calling our ministry, and the marketplace. You see this in the life of Jesus and Paul. Look at it because here it is. Out of 132 appearances in the New Testament, 122 of them were in the marketplace, not church. Out of the 78 parables that Jesus shared, watch this, 52 of them was about the workplace. Of the 40 miracles recorded in the book of Acts, out of 40 of them, 39 was in the workplace. 54% of Jesus' teaching ministry was not in church, but it was in the marketplace. And I'm trying to get you to see how sometimes we think Jesus said that I came that you may have good church when he said I came that you may have good life. Y'all not hearing me, and I believe that many times we have, watch this, put God in a box to where we only talk about him and worship him in his house. But we abandon him when we go back to the workplace. 
And he's saying, no, you come here to be equipped so that you can go back out and make a difference. And so check this out, everybody. I want you to catch this. How do we take our faith to work? Because I'm not saying you need to go to work with a microphone and a PA system like the man on the side of the street with the bullhorn. Hunk if you know Jesus. No, how, how do we take our faith to work? How can we gracefully and tactfully make our workplace, our mission field? Here it is, everybody. Here it is. We must first recognize that the enemy, hear me right here, is after your influence more than your affluence. He's after your influence more than your affluence. Influence can give you something that money can't buy. And oftentimes, we focus on our affluence, material stuff, position, status, appearance, reputation. When God is saying, no, I'm sending you there to increase your influence, not your affluence. He wants the world, watch this, the enemy wants the world to impact you more than you impact the world. And all throughout the Bible, God used people to change the world through their work. All right? So check this out because he, he changed the world through Moses working to liberate a people. He changed the world through Daniel working in a corrupt government. He changed the world through Nehemiah working to rebuild the city. And in our text today, we see how he used Joseph, watch this, to work in toxic work cultures. He said, I know you, the work culture may be a little toxic, but here's a word, win anyway. Don't make excuses. Make adjustments. Win anyway. And here it is, everybody. I want you to see this. If you're going to win like Joseph, the first thing you must win at, at work, here it is, write this down. First thing we see in the text. Are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready online? Insane co-workers. It got, it got real quiet in here today. You must learn how to win over insane co-workers. Insane co-workers can be territorial, competitive, jealous, gossip. Look at it. Here it is. Where are the insane co-workers in the text, Pastor D? Here it is, Genesis 37, verse 18 and 19. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer. Jealous. The text says they saw him coming. They didn't see where he was. They saw where he was about to be. See, some of the people are attacking you not based off of where you are right now. What if I told you that you're being attacked because the enemy took a sneak peek at your future and said, if I can attack you in this season, I will have to deal with you in the next season. Do I have anybody in the room today and online that can start praising God because you may not be where you want to be, but somebody ought to praise them that you're on your way. Y'all not praising God with me. Somebody shout, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to prosperity. I'm on my way to a breakthrough. I'm on my way to influence. Y'all hearing me today? I, they see you coming. 
Every day, you show up to work, and you pull up, they see you coming. You clock in, they see you coming. And they can't handle it because your growth is triggering their stagnation. How is it that we work at the same place and we're not getting the same results? I got one word for you, favor. Y'all not, not hearing me. So, so, so check this out because Joseph's father made him a coat of many colors. It represents the favor from his father on his life. And oftentimes we're looking at this text and we're thinking it's just about family dysfunction. When I'm telling you, his brothers were in the field working for the family business. They couldn't believe the fact that Joseph had a position that they thought they, they, they deserved. See, some people aren't mad at you. They're mad it's you. Do I need to run that back? Some people aren't mad at you. They're mad it's you. They know who you used to be. And they're saying, how in the world is God using them when I know who they used to be? The education that they don't have, the any experience that they do have, how is it them? They're not mad at you. They're mad that when God looked down on earth and went down the line to find somebody to favor, he kept going. He kept looking, and he looked at you and said, it, y'all not hearing, y'all didn't grow up playing it. <laughs> he marked you, he put his favor on you, and whoever the kingdom favors, the enemy, watch this fights. So now Joseph is in a fight because of his favor. He didn't ask for his coat. The father just gave it to him. See, some people are looking at you and jealous of you for stuff you ain't even asked for. I didn't ask for this job. I didn't ask for this favor. I didn't ask for these connections. For some reason, God just keeps favoring me beyond what I can under... Do I have anybody in the room today that's saying this is my winning season and I'm done trying to tip tap and walk on eggshells around people who can't handle... Y'all not having church... He, he's winning. And they working. I'm going to say that again. Somebody, He's winning. And they're working. He's winning. And they're working. Because when you step into a winning season, people can be doing the same thing. And they feel like they're doing it because of labor. And you're just walking in the love of God. To where work don't feel like work, work feel like winning. And watch this, he puts favor on him, put a coat on him. Because, because he got a coat on him, they see him coming. And he tells them this dream. And now he's talking about how this dream he had, God raised him up and they had to look up to him. So that's why the text says, put it back up there on the screen. They're gossiping amongst each other. <laughs> Here come the dreamer. <laughs> Look at him with his little dream. 
You know it's jealousy when they put Lil in front of it. Here come Joseph, the dreamer. Y'all missed it. Here comes the dreamer. You got to deal with some of the tension in this text that Joseph had a dream. He goes to his co-workers, watch this, and he's expecting them to celebrate something because he lacked the emotional intelligence to read a room. See, some of us are losing right now because we shared our wins with the wrong people. Everybody can't handle you winning. He comes and they say, here he comes, the dreamer. And my question is, once you told them the dream and you saw their reaction, why did you keep trying to come close? See, you will win at work when you release your appetite to fit in with the people you work with. I need to run that back because y'all missed it. Because you can never lead where you fit. So sometimes God will give you a divine discomfort around people that you want to fit in with, but he said you can never lead where you fit. They can't like you because of the way God wants to use you. And I am telling you that oftentimes people get on their job and watch this and try to fit in with their coworkers, not realizing this is someone you may have to lead one day, but you got so common with them, they can't respect your leadership. <sighs> Are y'all hearing me today? Some people ain't mad at you. They mad at you. See, you will start thriving that job, on your, on your job, when you start handling everybody like you'll lead them one day. <sighs> I'm not saying be stuck up in Sadiddy. I'm saying create a boundary that protects your influence. Are y'all hearing this? Here come the dreamer. Here come the dreamer. And some of us are so excited about the dream God gave us that we're blinded that people's compliments are dressed up when it's really jealousy. You do know, y'all want to hear this? A compliment got Jesus to the cross, not a correction. Judas kissed him, not slapped him. Y'all not, not hearing me today. And I believe that we're living in a generation that's more addicted to compliments and refuse correction. Or they refuse correction and they love the compliment. And so they don't see how the compliment is a setup for your setback. Here come the dreamer. So they saying stuff that you like to hear about yourself to make you come closer. talking to the boy today. Online, am I helping you? So here it is, everybody. Check this out. Here comes the dreamer. And they stripped him of his coat. 
Y'all missed that. Did everybody have a coat? Just the one with favor. So all of the brothers are working, but only one has a coat. Before they threw him in the pit, they stripped him of his coat. Why is this important? Because the stripping of the coat symbolizes their addiction or need to feel equal. So this reveals that they weren't mad at Joseph. They was mad they were no longer equals. Because some people can handle being equal to you, but they can't handle the elevation for you. Y'all not here in church. Maybe that's why you may have fell out with some of your friends or your coworkers in the past, because as long as y'all were on the same level, we can relate. But the moment you start going up, y'all not here. And some people would treat you better if they realize they should not be intimidated by something that they should be appreciating. Because when Joseph came up, the whole family did. Y'all. And so, so check this out. I got to keep moving. This is what's so good. Some coworkers don't mind you doing better. They just don't want you to do better than them. And so here he is. They stripped him of his coat, threw him in the pit. Stripped him of a coat, threw him in the pit. And now he's in this pit, isolated. Have you ever went to work and you worked around a lot of people? Got a lot of emails from a lot of people, but you felt all by yourself. Have you ever been on the floor just looking at everybody around you working and said, I don't fit in with none of these people? God, why do you have me here? He's isolated in a pit. And this is where most people give up, quit, throw in the towel, or start complaining and start having pit conversations. You can't talk in the pit like you're not walking in the palace. I never heard Joseph complain in the pit because sometimes when you feel isolated, that's sometimes a great way for you to listen and not speak. Write this down, don't forget this. Feeling isolated at work should push you into intimacy with God because sometimes when people isolate you, it may not be people isolating you. It may be God pulling you closer to him. It may be God hiding you from something that will take you out. And so here it is, you have to realize that there's a difference between isolation and solitude. Isolation is when I go to be by myself. Solitude is when I go to be with God. So they thought they isolated him when God was saying, nope, I'm protecting him. Because the text literally says, when you get time, read it. The text literally says, and the pit was empty. Y'all, the pit should have been full of water. I said the pit was empty. 
It should have been full of water. Because you ought to praise God that your pit became a season of your growth when it could have been a grave. Because now he's standing in what he should have been sinking in. Because even God will have providence for your attacks. That sometimes even if the enemy attacks you, he'll prepare the place where the enemy puts you. It's the pit, P-I-T, purpose in training. It's purpose in training. You may feel like tomorrow when you wake up and go to work, like you're going to a pit. Keep standing. And praise God that you're not sinking in a place that you should, why y'all not hearing me, that you're now standing in. Do I have anybody that can praise God that you didn't sink in places that you should have been sinking in? And he's standing in a pit. I say this all the time. Y'all not ready for that part. And the brothers are like, oh, we threw him in the pit. Uh, let's just kill him. Because it started getting worse. Because once you commit to dysfunction, you almost go into a downward spiral. Till it gets worse because you have to keep covering up what you did. So let's just kill him. And Reuben is like, no, don't kill him. And then Judah starts pulling him out. Reuben is like, don't kill him. He's in the pit. But Judah says, I'm going to just pull him out. While y'all plotting, I'm pulling. Y'all plotting. Judah pulling. Judah means praise. And this is why you cannot be silent about your praise. Because while the enemy has a plot, the believer has to have a praise. Because it was praise that pulled him out the pit. And I wonder, do I have anybody in the room today that may feel like you're in the low season, in the down season? Somebody shout, praise is going to pull me out. You looking at me like you ain't never been in some seasons of your life to where all you had was a praise? I'm going to give you 30 seconds to open up your mouth and start praising God because praise is pulling me out of depression. It's pulling me out of anxiety. It's pulling me out of my frustration. Somebody shout, my praise is pulling me out. And sometimes you don't realize praise is all you need until praise is all you got. My paycheck didn't pull me out. My connections didn't pull me out. My family didn't pull me out. Praise pulled me They pull him out. They're jealous of his favor. And what I'm trying to get you to understand, out of all of that, he has favor. But watch this. Your insane co-workers cannot take your favor. Because even though he lost the coat, he didn't lose the favor. They can't take your favor. Watch this. But they can take your focus. Toy, you still showing up, but your focus all over the place. <laughs> you feeling discombobulated. Like, what made them say this about me? What made them do this to me? 
And you'll you'll tend to forget when you lack favor, I'm sorry, when you lack focus, that you still have favor. And so here he is sold into slavery. And now he goes from being around insane co-workers to number two, an insecure supervisor. Can I show you in the text where an insecure supervisor is? Because he goes from the pit to a man named Potiphar's house. Potiphar, don't forget I said this, write this down. Uh, I'm going to need one of my best note takers to remind everybody once I get to the end of the message that that we reviewed this, all right? Here it is. Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's top generals. Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's top generals. So he had land, wealth, property. He looks at Joseph as a slave, has his men bring him back to his property, looks at his work productivity, and says, I know I bought you as a slave, but when I look at what you producing, I'm going to have to promote you to everybody and everything around this estate. Y'all not having church with me. Because I told you, even though he lost his coat, he didn't lose his favor. So even when it feels like you're going backwards, God will still have favor on you to still have promotion in low places. To where when even people that don't like you will trust you. He said, he said, Hey, I'm, I'm putting you over all of this because Pharaoh was one of whose top generals? I'm sorry, Potiphar was one of whose top generals? Who? And so here he is. The problem is Pharaoh wasn't insecure until Potiphar, wife, start checking. We're going to call him Jojo now. She started, hey, Jojo, you're doing such a good job. You ate today. Okay, okay, okay. Where, where you work out at? I'm just seeing your muscles and, you know, when you be out there just lean, be pointing, and, you know, you be looking, hey, uh, can you come to my room later? She plotting. And look at the text. The text literally says, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. I never saw that in in the text until this week. I thought that it was this one incident to where Potiphar's wife saw Joseph and had a moment. It was like, I need you to come to my room. And they had the whole incident. But no, the text literally says she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. Because an insecure supervisor will nag you day after day. They will keep stalking you day after day. Y'all acting like y'all ain't never had a crazy micromanaging supervisor. And look at the text. But Joseph refused to sleep with her. He refused, and he kept out of her way 
as much as possible. See, this isn't in my notes, but write this down. Because if you're going to win at work, you're going to have to win at integrity. Because many of, many of us can't handle the promotion in the palace because we fail at the test of temptation in Potiphar's house. To what if this is God trying to see when Joseph gets in power, he can be trusted with power and not abuse his power? Because what he does for Potiphar on this low level, he does for Pharaoh on a big level. He refused. He said, no, I will not do this. He kept out of the way. He created distance. Then one day, however, no one else was around. Check this out now. No one else was around. When he went to do his work, verse 12, she came and grabbed him by his cloak. Y'all missed that. In the last season, what did they strip him of? He gets to this season, and what does she grab him by? See, you know you have favor, and watch this. You know where your life is headed when you keep losing in the same area. Because some of us, watch this, God is allowing to go through different seasons of testing, but it's the same type of strategy. It's attacking, watch this, your difference. The thing that makes you different helps you make a difference. And so when people, watch this, who are insecure or incompetent, connect around you. They will become insecure of your difference instead of embracing your difference. Because insecure supervisors will accuse you after they attack you. Y'all not hearing me. I said they will accuse you after they attack you. So everybody is judging your clout back, but not talking about what caused it. Don't judge me for my retaliation when you don't see how people attack me when I was minding my business. He was going to work, minding his business, making a difference, helping the organization operate functionally and grow, and here she comes attacking him. And because he said no, she started accusing him. Have you ever been thrown under the bus about something that you know you did not do? Nowhere in the text do I ever see Joseph defend himself. See, it got quiet right there. Because we want to get our, we want to get our lick back. We want to fight back. Right? But Joseph, watch this, had something that most of us need to adopt and embrace that will fight for you in your silence. Are y'all ready? Lean in. It's called excellence. Y'all not hearing me. Because once they tried to find dirt on him, all they could see is his excellence, his track history, and his work. 
and his productivity spoke for himself. See, when you learn how to be excellent in all that you do, even when people try to dig up dirt on you, your excellence will start speaking up for you. She accusing them after she attacked them. Now watch this, everybody. Here it is. Because Joseph does right by Potiphar. He avoids sleeping with the, with the wife, but she accused and lies on him, falsely accuses him. And he ends up in prison. Have you ever been injured by somebody you honored? Because now Potiphar comes, throws him in jail. And he's like, no, I was... I, I honor you. I made sure. He didn't believe Joseph. No, just throw him in jail. Because here it is, everybody. I want you to catch this. Because insecure supervisors lead through manipulation, not management. Y'all quiet. And so here it is. They will abuse you with unrealistic expectations. She expected Joseph to do something that she should have never expected him to do. Now, can I jump into the exegetical piece of this text? Because according to the text, because Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's top military men, history believes that he was a eunuch. Eunuch in this day were castrated. So could it be while we're blaming Potiphar's wife, because of what Potiphar was committed to. It took away his ability to meet a need for his wife. Because before you say I do to somebody, you need to ask them who cut you. Because if they can't meet a need and you're walking around empty, you'll then begin to look for places to meet the need outside of where you should get, get that need met. Now, now watch this, everybody. This is what's so good because here it is. I want you to catch this. Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph to be loyal to her and not his faith because insecure supervisors attempt to make you develop, here it is, compartmentalized faith. What is compartmentalized faith? Compartmentalized faith is when you use your faith only as a side of your life, but not to shape your life. So we treat God like a side chick that we only see on the weekend. When faith should be influencing you not just on Sunday, but also every day. And here it is, she's trying to get him to compartmentalize his faith. Say, no, I want you to be loyal to me, not your Jesus. See, be careful when you work at a place that does not respect who you honor. Oh, Joseph goes from dealing with insane co-workers and insecure supervisor, and number three, last one, here it is, an insufficient work culture. He's in a culture that has limited resources, lack of clarity, but some kind of way, when I read my Bible, the text literally says, in the pit, God was with him. At Potiphar's house, 
God was with them. Let me run that back because y'all missed it. Insane co-workers, God was with them. Insecure supervisors, God was with them. In an insufficient work culture, guess what? God, because no matter what you try to push me, God is going to stick with me. And so look at the text. Here it is, everybody. The text literally says, while he's in jail for a crime that he did not commit, the head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. He ended up managing the whole operation. Y'all missing that. Isn't he a prisoner himself? He's in prison running the prison. And in charge of the entire operation, verse 23, the head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked on him because God was with him. Here's the part that I love so much. Whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. What do you do when your anointing and your assignment don't match? He's anointed to run the country, but he's assigned to run a prison. Y'all not hearing me right now. What do you do when you're in a conflicting season to where God has anointed you to run an entire nation, but here you are working in a job culture that's beneath your anointing? And some of us right now, we have to check our motives and our ambition because sometimes we're allowing people and places to run us away from places God wants us to stay. Because what if he would have gave up in the prison? He would have never got to the palace. He said, God helped me win in the pit. He helped me win in Potiphar's house. And because I'm in this prison, He's going to help me win in the prison. Do I have anybody in the room today that can give God a one-minute praise break that no matter what season you're in, somebody shout, it's my winning season. It may not look like it, but it's my winning season. It may not feel like it, but it's my winning season. I may not even look like it myself, but it's my winning season. And winning season is when I start behaving like what I'm believing for. In the prison, will you behave like you run it? Okay, let me let me make it let me make it make sense because let's let's not talk about a physical prison. In debt, you ever had so much debt, more debt than you had check? Win anyway. In, a, in bondage in a relationship you got to make up in your mind I'm going I can because Joseph wasn't just in the prison he was literally in the bottom of the prison and sometimes I don't know why but I'm a firm believer of it cream gonna always rise to the top and he's in this prison and the text literally says, the jailer put him over the entire operation. Here's what I'm believing for God over your life this year in 2023. That somebody in the right place, with the right time, with the right resources, is going to look at you 
and say, it's something about you. That you've been faithful over a little. But I'm going to make you ruler over a whole lot. He's in prison. And the warden of the prison don't even come check on him. Imagine he building in the prison, doing construction. Oh, I don't know, like Joseph got it. He done built a whole suite. You got a swimming pool in the prison? Because favor will make people who don't like you trust you. Flow with me. Because here it is, I want you to catch this because many of us have to manage this season of when your assignment and your anointing not matching. This can be one of the most confusing seasons of your life. We don't just see this in the life of, of Joseph. It happened with David. The prophet came, anointed him to be king, and he went right back out to the field. Because sometimes we think that announcement and fulfillment is the same season. So somebody will come and prophesy what God is about to do, do over your life, and then you'll start living in a season of frustration because you confuse the announcement with the fulfillment. When Paul said, you have to war over that prophetic word because you didn't just hear it, the enemy heard it too. And so, and so Joseph realizes something that we have to realize today, that your job may not be your destination, but your preparation. That they're not just paying you, they are preparing you. That once you get to a job that you feel like you may be overqualified for, the season is up, you have to remember, all right, if I'm not finding fulfillment in the paying, I must find fulfillment in the preparing. How is God using this to prepare me for my next? Because the more you complain, the less you obtain. The more you complain, the less you obtain. That what praise is to God, complaining is to the enemy. That if praise could pull Joseph out the pit, complaining could put him back in the pit. So Joseph gives us three key essentials to help us win and we're done. Are y'all ready? Three key essentials to help us win at work. Here it is, number one. Write this down, don't forget this. This is very important. Embrace your place of employment as a place for your assignment. Embrace your place of employment as a place for your assignment. I'm telling you, before I even get into Joseph's life, in my life, every season of my life, once I got back to Rock City, made sense. I'm talking, it didn't make sense while I was in it. But once I finally got in the right place and everywhere Joseph went, he was not number one, he was number two. And so here it is. I'm look, God done took me a crazy ride. I went to college out of the state, came back, part of helping build his church. 
crazy, can't get along with nobody, left. Pastor the church in a crazy city, did my best, then all of a sudden pulled me out, had me leading the church in three different states. Then I came back. We are. I wouldn't have been equipped to manage the ministry with what God was doing in the minister. And oftentimes when we think about work, we pray about what we want God to do for us and not who we need to become for what he is calling us to do. Yes, you have big dreams, but are you the type of person to fulfill those dreams? Not just do you have good work ethic, not just do you have the strategy. Can you let go of your passive aggressiveness, your people pleasing, your insecurities, your fears? And Joseph, everybody, here it is, is working in this crazy place. But he says, it's not just my place of employment. I'm on assignment. He embraced it. Joseph didn't wait for a big opportunity to maximize small opportunities. I'm going to maximize working for my father. I'm going to maximize working for Potiphar. And I'm going to maximize working in this prison. And because I maximized the season, God could trust me with much. Are y'all hearing this? I'm going to keep moving. We'll talk about it in Devo Energy. Number two, empathize for unhealthy co-workers. Don't criticize them. Empathize. Don't criticize. I will say that again. Not sympathize. Empathize. Don't criticize. Empathy allowed Joseph to turn confrontation into collaboration. Are y'all hearing this? If God is not you, hear me right here. If God is not using you to change the people at work, maybe God is using the people at work to change you. At some point, you got to see their bad attitude. It's tied to brokenness in their childhood. And you say, all right, your attitude ain't about me. It's something deeper in you going on. God used me to help heal them. And God, if you don't want me to heal them, help me to be an example. Are y'all hearing this? Because sometimes you don't win with conversations, you win with character. Some people don't want to hear what you have to say until they can see how you live in it. Am I helping anybody? And Joseph empathized for his unhealthy co-workers, not just in the pit, not just at Potiphar's house, but even in prison, he began to help people that couldn't help them. They were having dreams, and watch this, he went from starting off only dreaming dreams to interpreting dreams. Because his gift got him in the pit but his growth got him out of prison. See, some of us have to learn how to not just be gifted, but to also keep growing. Y'all not. Your gift is not enough. I've heard drug addicts that can sing professionals 
out the roof. But the gift is not enough. I know players, pimps, who can talk way better than any preacher. But the gift of talking is not enough. What about your growth? And here it is. He grew. He didn't allow himself to grow bitter. He allowed himself to grow better. And number three, here it is. You can stand to your feet. I'm closing out right here. Excellence. Excellence is our job. Promotion is God's job. I'll say that again. Excellence is our job. Promotion is God's job. See, we often think about Joseph getting in Pharaoh's house in the palace, running the whole country, and his brothers come. And we know the big slogan, what the enemy meant for evil. God worked for my good. And we only see the elevation over his brothers. But who did I tell you Potiphar worked for? So God didn't just promote him over his old co-workers. He got promoted over his old supervisor. And do I have anybody in the room today that can praise God that he'll make your enemies your footstool? That people that die try to destroy you, God will use that season to develop you because your excellence is your job. Promotion is God's job. So Joseph is now in this place of elevation. And Psalms 105, 19 blesses me every time I read it. And I want you to look at this because if you look back on your life, sometimes if you keep blaming the people, you missing the purpose. The Bible literally says in Psalms 105, 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord, not his brothers, not his co-workers, not Potiphar's wife, the Lord. You blaming people at your job for stuff God may be allowing them to do. Because it ain't about them. He's testing you. And I don't know about you, but I've learned how to praise God not just for the championships, not just for the victories, but I can praise Him for the test. Because a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. If you're getting ready to win that work, I dare you to give God praise. If you're getting ready to win in your business, I dare you to give God praise. Somebody ought to give God a winning season praise. No matter the season or the situation, you have to make up in your mind, I'm winning. Excellence is my job. Promotion is God's job. We've been under construction, renovation, and we're not back in person right now. Why? Because we have a pastor that's committed to excellence. He said, we're not just going to come in any kind of way. Make it excellent. Why? Because excellence is godly. The Bible says, oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name. To be excellent is to be godly. 
So you're praying for a new house. How are you managing your current house? He says, watch this, everybody. Excellence is not about what you expect from you. Excellence is about what God expects from you. Amen. We're in a winning season. I'm winning in this season. No matter what it looks like, no matter what people say, I am winning in this season. That is my declaration. I decree it and I declare that. And tonight I pray and I hope you decree and declare too. Because in this season, we're winning. Amen. No matter what it looks like, no matter where we are, we're winning in this season. Come on. Glory be to God. Amen. If that was impactful, if that was exciting, please do share, comment. Amen. In this season, we're winning. Amen. So as I said, that was going to be powerful. That was going to be impactful. That was going to be enlightening. If you receive something, go ahead and give God a praise. And this is the thing. No matter what it looks like, no matter what people say it should look like, just know that God is going to allow you to win in this season. Amen. You're winning at work. You're winning in church. You're winning at home. You're winning in life. In this season, no matter what area it is, we are winning. Amen. I just want to thank you for tuning in to Into the Deep Season 2, Episode 2. I just want to thank you again for watching and being a part of what God is doing in this season. Amen. Glory be to God and continue on winning in the season.